It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go to the Cliff Central account. Tap connect. Then message to show. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. CliffCentral.com. Well, good afternoon. My name is Dr. Cindy Sewefansale. On Twitter, you can catch me on at DocCindy, D-O-C-S-I-N-D-I. And welcome back after this long Easter weekend. It was my birthday on Friday, so I had a very Happy long weekend. <laughs> well, um, I have Justin Strout in studio with me. He's the CEO of Atkins South Africa. And um, I'm really happy, you know, I think I met you like two months ago. Yeah, that's And, right. you know, shortly after meeting you, I was like, I have to have you on my show. So thank you so much for being here, Justin. I know you're a very busy man, so I'm really glad that you're here. And um, we'll be speaking about the new Atkins diet. And um, a lot of you know this, but I'm on a low-carb eating plan. And, uh, you know, in my whole career as a medical doctor, if there's anything that has raised the ire of people in my life, in my family, in my, you know, professional circles, it's, this, it's, it's changing the way we eat. You know, so it was a very difficult transition for me, but it's the best thing I have ever done. So thank you, Justin, for being here. And yeah, just give us a bit of background on, you know, who you are, you know, and how you got interested in the Atkins um, eating plan. Well, firstly, thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here today um, and to share a little bit of light on, on where we come from and, and, and what's happening in, out in the, in the big wide world of, of nutrition. Um, my personal story with, with, Atkins isn't that long. It's sort of two and a half years um, that I've been involved in, in Atkins and low carb specifically. Um, I come from a, a sporting background and uh, traditionally ate a high carb, um, normal, traditional sort of performance related um, diet. And uh, yeah, through through um, other connections, um, I, I basically got offered the opportunity to, to look at the Atkins brand um, in terms of bringing out the, the products to South Africa. And uh, as I say, that was two and a half years ago, and it essentially turned my world upside down in terms of what we are actually eating and and what's being put in front of us. Um, yeah, and and the rest is history. And I'm very very passionate about promoting um, a low carb lifestyle, not necessarily only the diet, but a low carb lifestyle, mm. um, as there are many many aspects um, where people can benefit from from this type of eating. And in terms of the, I mean, when you said your eyes were opened, I'll tell you, for me, the biggest eye opener has been reading, has been label reading. Justin, I promise you, I had no idea how much added salt, added sugar is in our food. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it's been, it's, 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 ang- it's it makes me angry, actually. For, that's it. It sure. makes me very angry. Sure. Yeah, I think that, uh, it's, it's not, it didn't happen yesterday. Mm. You know, this has been a long time coming. It's, it's happened over decades. Um, there's actually a great, great book written by uh, Michael uh, Michael Pollard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called In Defense of Food, and it's, it goes through the process of how we got to this point. You know, we didn't wake up one morning and all of a sudden margarine was good for us and butter was bad. It was a process of of um, events that happened, most of them political, um, some of them economical, that got us to a point where we decided, okay, you know, low fat is the way to go, mm. and um, that made great commercial sense for for a lot of products out there if you consider making a yogurt for argument's sake yeah if you make a, a half fat yogurt you know all the time constraints and needing to get all of that product um into into the marketplace and sold before it goes off versus making a product that you can put a lot of carbohydrates or sugar into it which will stabilize it for a lot longer a lot less pressure and it made a lot more commercial sense and it's a lot cheaper so you make better bottom line so I'm not saying everything is about commercial benefits, but I think a lot of the processes and how we got to, to our current food strategy at the moment um, stemmed from that. And yeah. it's had a massively detrimental effect to our health. No, it has. I mean, I look at myself and I mean, I think I'm, I'm very open about my obesity and I'm very open on the fact that I come from an obese family and I've decided to break the cycle. You know, sure. the buck stops with me and I'm changing my life. You know, I'm totally changing my life around. I think the difficulty is the fact that I'm a medical doctor and the medical fraternity has been trained in a certain way. So people people think I'm, you know, I'm, I've gone off course, but only because we've been indoctrinated with these principles that are actually very bad for bad for our health. Sure, and I don't think you can really stand there and point a finger and say, well, you know, um, everything we 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 learned was bad, and there was a cynical, you know, approach to it. Yeah, I think we we learn what we can at the time, mm. and we need to be adaptable to change. And I and think that's, that's the big thing is exactly. that don't assume you know everything all the time. Yeah, um, if you're open to change, if you're open to learning, then uh, you know obviously we can make changes, and and they they may be subtle. Um, yeah, they should be a little bit quicker than they are, mm. but. 
you know, as we spoke about earlier, you know, you don't you don't change the world as a one big mass movement. Yeah. Um, I think people need to see they need to see the benefit of it. They need to see it in people around them, um, and those who are who are um, benefiting from it and what mm-hmm. they have to say. Yeah. Well, back back to the Atkins diet. So I know that okay, I know his name was Robert Atkins, Doctor Robert Atkins. He was a cardiologist. And he brought out this eating plan in 1972. That's right. Okay. He, was a, he was a cardiologist, and essentially what was happening is he was struggling to get his patients who were too overweight to operate on to lose weight quick enough for him to operate. Yeah. And he he went through a bunch of, of diets and, and eating plans to try and get them to lose weight, and he stumbled upon some readings about low carb, mm-hmm. and he, he trialed it, and he got amazing results with, with this group of patients. Um, so he didn't start off as a nutritional doctor at all, mm. in fact. Um, and, you know, slowly that developed into a real passion for him. Um, and in 1972, he wrote the book, um, the, Atkin the Atkins Diet. Diet yeah. um, and that, that went, you know, absolutely global. Um, I think people had been looking for something like that, a how-to guide. Um, and, yeah, in, in 1999, uh, it was rewritten by, by three authors, um, Eric Westman, um, Stephen Finney and uh, Jeff Follock, uh, sorry, uh, Jeff Follock, yeah, wrote the the New Atkins New You, mm-hmm. and essentially changed it a little bit away from the diet into a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very important to to understand is that it's more about a nutritional approach or a lifestyle rather than just focusing on weight loss because mm-hmm. the benefits far exceed just the weight loss. That's true. Um, for people who are obese, that is the primary focus. But what happens when you lose the weight? Mm. And that's sometimes the fundamental downfall of, of any kind of diet plan is that it's it's a diet. Mm. What happens next? So if you don't learn about the food, if you don't learn about what it does to your body, how it works in your body, you're really on a, on a losing battle because you'll lose the weight and then you will essentially relapse. You'll gain the weight. Um, and and particularly on on calorie negative diets because you can't just stop eating one day you know you need to start yeah. eating again yeah and if you start eating again and you start eating the wrong foods again you're back to square one hundred yeah. percent and in some cases worse because people get demotivated there mm. so they you know where they were twenty kg overweight they become twenty five or thirty before they get the motivation to try again mm. and then everyone's heard of the yo yo principle of dieting well unfortunately I never went through that because I must admit I didn't the only time I ever made a concerted effort to lose weight was when I was trying to have a baby because I have got I have, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome because I'm overweight. So that's the only time I ever tried to make a plan, you know. But um in terms of the myths around the Atkins eating plan, let's let's just bust some of those myths, Justin. Sure. Um well first the first m- myth if you like, is actually about Dr. Robert Atkins. Oh, his name is um, Robert, not Richard. I knew I was saying the wrong name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Um, and yeah, uh, there's there's a there's a myth that he actually died as an obese person who had you know complications from eating a, a, an Atkins diet with a high protein diet, and you know further could be from the truth. Um, he actually died at quite an unceremonious uh, death mm-hmm. by accident, and he slipped on a pavement um, and and cracked his head. Um, he w- was then in hosp- hospitalized yeah. um, in a coma, an induced coma for three weeks, and because of the the um, the fluids, um, he obviously he bloated up, he bloated yeah, up. Well, as happens in ICU and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, I mean he was in he was in induced coma for for three weeks, and, yeah. and he bloated up, and then what happened is someone got hold of his medical records and decided to publish that as the fact that he died obese, as mm. opposed to you know the bloating from from uh, being, yeah, from being in a coma, in a coma, um, and that went viral. I mean, absolutely everywhere it was it was published. Um, his wife actually spoke to Dr. Westman not so long ago, who who knew Dr. Atkins. Yeah. And um, his wife published a you know a counter of exactly what happened, and it was sort of you know page nineteen block in the bottom of the and paper. Totally rubbished by everybody. Yeah, no one really wanted to hear that. It's not great press. So, yeah, that was one of the myths. The other one is that it's a no carb diet, mm-hmm. um, and we don't advocate no carb diet. Um, we believe in a in a balanced approach. The, the diet itself starts with restricted carbs. So mm-hmm. you restrict down to 20 grams of, of net carbs per day. Um, and then, you know, as you get closer to your goal weight, and, and I'll say that we don't have a lot of fixed markers. Okay. Um, so your goal weight is your goal weight. Everyone has a different personal image yeah. um, of what they, they want to look like or where they feel comfortable. So your goal weight may be 60 kgs, maybe 80 kgs, whatever it is. <clears throat> but as you get closer to that mark, you reintroduce carbs. Um, by five grams of net carbs per day. Okay. And then as you get closer again, so that what'll do, it'll, it'll slow down your rapid, your rapid weight loss. Okay. So 
in nutritional ketosis, you'll lose weight really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by introducing carbs, we obviously slow that process down. Okay. Um, and then you find the balance that's right for you. Mm-hmm. So some people will find their carb threshold around 50 grams per day, some at 60, some at 110. All depends on, on, you know. And, 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 I mean, and to give the listeners an idea of, um, how many carbs that is. I mean, one apple is about 25 grams of carbohydrates. Correct. So some people eat two apples a day and that's it. That's, that's, that, that's their carbs covered. Correct. And, and I think that's, that's the thing is that we don't realize how quickly we accumulate carbs. I um, have no idea. Just you know, I promise you, when I started looking at it, I'm like, oh my Gucci, I've been eating so much. Yeah. So, and, and I think that comes down to, to glycemic load. We all talk about glycemic index, which yeah. is the, the rate at which your, your glucose accelerates in the blood. Yeah. But your glycemic load is as important, if not more important, because mm. you can eat a lot of low carb well, not low carb, but low GI foods. But if you eat a lot of them, your glycemic load still pushes you up because obviously it's still converted then to, to glucose. So, you know, 20, 22 grams of, of carbs on average per slice of bread. Mm. So four slices of bread, you're already close to a hundred. Mm. Eat an apple with that, maybe some orange juice. Um, now we're talking about someone who's actually on a, Healthy diet? Mm, that that, that is know? me. That is me all these years. The low GI, low fat. I was promoting that diet, writing it out for patients in different colored pencils. Oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. And you know, we, we, if you wrote it all down like you did, you'd quickly see you get up to, you know, four, five, six, seven hundred, mm. maybe a thousand grams of, of carbs per day without even really trying to and accelerate that, and, your carbs. And that's the thing, Justin, that you, you'd have diabetic patients who you've put on this low GI, low fat eating plan. And their sugars were still not controlled. Yeah. And, 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 and I remember I would get so upset with my patients and I'd say, but Coco, last week I told you what, last month I told you what to do. And, and now when I, in hindsight, I, I think this is another reason why I want to take this low carb eating plan to Soweto because I feel I owe those patients an, you know, an apology and an option to do yeah. things better. You know, had I known at the time, I'd have done things completely differently. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's an extremely sad situation mm. that the information that that's not available, you know, whether you want to go low carb or not, at least be given the option of exactly. the information and make your own decisions. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm not a medical doctor, but having a look around and, and, and speaking to type two, di- type two diabetics and, and what's published, you know, insulin control is, is, or glucose control is, is almost impossible. It is. Especially if you're insulin dependent, you know, it to is, try and manage that fine line. Um, and that's why statistically, and please don't quote me on this, but I think somewhere around 85% of type 2 diabetics ultimately end up being overweight. Well, overweight and dying because my, my mom was one of those. You know, she was on the, she was on optimal treatment. She had everything that money could buy and she's still complicated and died. So, you know, I now know what the problem was. Yeah. So just in terms of the phases, the phases mm. of, of starting the, the Atkins eating plan, I know there's four phases. Correct. And the first phase would involve what? Like just like what, what would you, where would a person start? The first phase is traditionally what most people know as the Atkins diet, yeah. which is restricting carbs to under 20 grams. So if you, if you plan your meals out in a day, your total amount of carbohydrates that you eat in a day must be less than 20 grams. So what that does, then it tells your body that you're not going to expect to get fuel from carbohydrates coming down your throat. Mm-hmm. You need to look inwards. And what that does, then it tells the body to look towards fat. Mm-hmm. So I think if we take a step back and we try and understand the role of insulin a little bit. Okay. So the role of insulin is twofold. One is to to deal with glucose, mm-hmm. so it, it burns and, and prioritizes glucose, and the other is to store fat. So when you when you eat a food that has high sugar, mm-hmm. you spike your insulin, and what that does is it just pushes fat aside and says, well, okay, we'll deal with you later, because glucose is so is so detrimental to the body in in high quantities that mm. it must prioritize glucose as an energy source to burn it off to get rid of it. Mm. So by doing that, by eating you know high sugar, high sugar, high sugar each meal each day, what you do is you saturate your body with glucose, which in turn means that you push out a lot of insulin mm. to try and deal with all those. It's like glucose. this vicious cycle. Correct. So by put, you know in, increasing your your insulin, you then end up storing fat mm. over and over and over again because your body doesn't actually get to the point where it can use start f- burning fat. Yeah. Correct. So in a in a um, in a diabetics scenario. Um, to try and manage that process, it's difficult enough for the body to try and manage it, but now you're trying to manage that externally. And you either give too much insulin or you take too little insulin. Um, and I just had a, had a chat now with the guys from um, Diabetes SA. Yeah. And uh, it was a very, very good meeting. Um, and, 
yeah, we, we excited to to work with them um, mm-hmm. to to spread their message because you know that's that's also their thing is that you know we need to educate a little bit more about how to how to manage this process because diabetes is is you know. Well, I really want to be part of that. I mean, if, if there's anything that I can do to help or to help spread the message, I'd really like to be part of it. Because as I said, I mean, I've looked at, at type 2 diabetics. I've seen that the majority of them are overweight. And whatever they try, it mm. doesn't actually work. Well, I think the, the problem is that a lot of times we're trying to, to manage the glucose with insulin instead of reducing the amount of, the amount of glucose, which will in. reduce the amount of insulin that's needed. You know, so it's almost like you're trying to chase, you know, chase your tail the whole time mm-hmm. and try and balance it when you, when you could just reduce the problem, um, which is taking on too much glucose. Yeah. Um, and then you'll be able to manage your insulin, um, and turn the whole situation around. So if we get back to the sort of diet aspect of it, yeah. phase one is, is, as I say, it's quite, Restrictive in terms of carbohydrates, but what it also does, and what we never publish really, is a eat this, eat this, eat this in in a specific order. We don't have a published diet, okay? Because the idea is is about education, food education. Mm. If you understand what you're eating, if you understand what it does in your body, and if you understand what it's harmful, how it's harmful to your body, yeah, then you educate yourself, and. By educating yourself and losing the weight and correcting any sort of some of the medical problems that go with that, you don't need to then rely on anybody else for your information. You That's can, true. You can read your own labels. You make your own decisions. And you, and can, you can make better food choices. I mean, yeah. I can go anywhere and still be able to pick out. Even if I go to, to someone's house and they're not necessarily um, on a low-carb eating plan, I can look at what's on offer. And make the right food choices. And I think that's, a, that's what's been so freeing about this eating plan. That I'm not like forcing people to now, you know, accommodate me. I'm not a burden anywhere I go. Correct. <clears throat> and that's a, that's, that's the, that's the biggest positive about it. Is that, yeah. as you say, you educate yourself and then you can make your own decisions. Yeah. You don't need, nobody needs to tell you, can I eat this? Can I not eat exactly. that? How much does that weigh? Sorry, waiter, can you take that away? Mm. You know, all of those things sort of go away and it's, um, you spoke earlier a little, a little bit off air about the social pressures. Mm. It doesn't have to be a social pressure. Mm. If you're on a calorie restrictive diet or a low fat diet, there's a social pressure that evolves around that too, because now you're suddenly saying, well, no, I can't eat that. I can't mm. eat that. I can't eat that. Whereas if you, if you go to a restaurant, you order your steak or your chicken or whatever it is, um, you order it with the vegetables. And then. Um, that's it. Nobody's going to look at you and say, well, you know, why are you not eating yeah. this? Why are you not eating that? So it can be a much simpler way of eating. Yeah. Um, from those pressures too. Um, and then, yeah, t- so to move a little bit away from that, as I said, we increase the amount of carbohydrates and then we find a balance that's right for you. Mm. And I think the important thing here is to understand that we all have a different, you know, insulin resistance, a different carb threshold. Yeah. Some people, you know, look at a, a slice of bread and they put on two kgs. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, and other, other people don't. You know, mm. you have in, in almost every class, um, around, around the world, you'll have one or two little kids who run around who can eat whatever they want to. And they'll they never are, gain weight. Yeah. They are, look amazing. They're little muscular little guys and, and, you know, skinny little girls and it doesn't matter what they eat. So those are the two, you know, the two polar opposites. Mm. But all of us, generally fit into somewhere in between where some can tolerate more carbohydrates and some less. And that's so the thing, yeah. And, 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 that's a, and that's the thing, Justin, and that's, uh, you know, the people that I'm targeting, when I, when I speak about my eating plan, and I'm, I'm, the people that I'm recruiting for this eating plan are the people like me who are morbidly obese, who are really insulin resistant, they're really pre-diabetic. We've got a history of diabetes and cardiovascular disease and all of that stuff. Those are the people I'm speaking to. So I, I think when I get upset... When people that don't fall into that category take me on about this eating plan, I'm like, well, shush, no, yeah. you sort it. Leave me alone. Yeah. I'm, I know who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to the, to the, to the, to the fat grannies, the people with, you know, who can't walk anymore because they're morbidly obese, you yeah. know, and I, I'm so happy that you've put this thing up that different people will tolerate different amounts of carbohydrate and you need to figure out where you fit in. What is interesting is, is how offended people get. Oh, I you can't know? get over that. I can't. <laughs> they're it's offended like by body, what you eat. My life, my food, 
What does it, you know, what does it have to do with you? Absolutely. You know, they weren't offended when you were eating a chocolate bar for lunch or every day. Guzzling or guzzling You know, <laughs> picking up a pie and coke exactly. if, you, if you're yeah. on the road. They're not offended by that. But mm. yet, if you choose not to do that, they're somehow offended by it. And that's, that's quite puzzling to me. But I suppose that's human nature. People, mm. you know, people tend to, to go with what they, that, what they understand and, and what we've been taught. So, you know, no offense there, but it is still quite interesting how offended people get. Um, yeah, and, and I think exactly the category that you, that you're speaking about. Um, they really need to, to take a, a look at what they've been eating. I mean, it's another thing that people understand if they eat a chocolate bar every day, they're likely to pick up weight. Okay. I think that's a given. Yeah. So if you're saying, okay, if I eat, cho- if I eat carbohydrates and sugar every day, I'm going to gain weight. Mm. So why does the opposite seem so foreign that if I don't eat sugar and carbohydrates every day, I will lose weight. Mm. It's, it's an extension of the, of, of the scenario. Yeah. Yet when you go the other way, people are completely confused by it, mm. you know, and it makes perfect sense. Um, that if you reduce carbohydrates and sugar intake, um, and if you stay away from refined carbs, then you will lose weight. Your health will improve. You know, um, and it, and it's, it stretches right on in t- into, into performance, um, sporting performance. Yeah. So you've um, seen a change in, in your, in your sporting activity as well. I have. Um, I, I've been testing the, the principles of extremely low carbohydrate, um, tolerance and, and fat adaption or what's called keto adaption. Yeah. Um, and forcing my body to, to use more fat than carbohydrates in, in all physical activity that I do. So I try and push myself in, in runs and, in, 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 um, in the gym, um, I do a lot of sort of body weight exercise and stuff like that just to, to test this theory of, you know, how important is glucose to my long term or my, my extended exercise. Um, and I must say that I've been very, very impressed by, by the way that, that my body's adapted. Mm. Um, and yeah, you recover much quicker mm-hmm. because there's no oxidative stress. So when you burn glucose, you create oxidative stress, which Burns into lactate, so lactic acid, um, and that's often the problem with um, endurance athletes and and doing long extended bike rides or runs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, is that that lactic buildup means that yeah, for your the muscles. Next, yeah, for the next day or two or three or four, and depending on how long it is, you you actually physically can't go and do the activity again. Mm. Um, and th- there's now a lot of trials and 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 a lot of data that's coming out um, where guys. There's a few guys, I don't like to use American examples because they're sometimes difficult to sort of relate to, but, um, there's guys running 100 mile marathons, so 160 Ks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, two days later, they're out running a half, a half marathon. So there's a lot less pressure on the body. Um, the body burns fat very effectively. Mm-hmm. But I will stress that it takes around two to three weeks minimum of going on a low carb diet for your body to, to adjust okay. and to adapt. Okay. So, if you think that you're going to eat, you know, your pasta today and then suddenly the day before the race, you're just not going to eat pasta and expect to be fat adapted, it's you're going to have work. a terrible race that I can guarantee. Um, but over a period of time, um, as I say, two to three weeks where you reduce the amount of carbohydrates, um, to around th- b- below 50, around 30 to 50 grams mm. of carbs per day, mm. then your body kicks over and you start becoming much more efficient at using at using fat. So for example, if someone was someone that's training for the Comrades Marathon, right? What where would they start? What kind of stuff should they be doing? Essentially from a training perspective, from the actual running, they wouldn't change at all. Okay. From the eating perspective, they would go on to our our phase one. So they go down to around 20 to 30 grams of net carbs per day. So what you want to do is... Which is one apple, uh, for people, you know, one apple mm. a day. I'm sure you have a food list it's that l- highlights what is what, right? Yeah. How many carbs something contains. So if you choose to eat one apple a day, that would be a, a strange decision because <laughs> if you look at where else you can get carbohydrates. So, you know, you could get you know, a cup of broccoli or, um, you know, two or three cups of vegetables, which would give you an accumulative of... You know, 20 grams of, of carbohydrates. Um, so it's about making the right kind of choices mm-hmm. um, in your food and ensuring that you still get your, your carbohydrate count, um, mm. but you know, try not to or don't go for a high fructose or, or a high sugar mm. um, option, which would then, you know, first of all, spike your, your insulin and take you out of ketosis or your glucose um, and then make it very difficult for the rest of the day to, to eat you know, extremely low carb then and have no other carbohydrates. Okay. So for someone like me, I mean, funny enough, even since I started eating this low carb, um, 
started this low carb eating plan. And now I have the desire to do all these things that I never wanted to do, like to bungee jump and to run. I put this like a plan for next year that I'm going to run the Soweto Marathon. So, I mean, I'm overweight. The weight is falling off. I'm doing very well. Where would I start? Would I start basically stick with my, with my low carb eating plan, restrict carbs, like down, like at the moment, I think I'm on, I'm, I think I'm on 25 carbs, 25 to 50 carbs a day, Perfect. but I'd have to cut it down even more. No. You would oh. stay, stay where you are now. Oh, okay. Um, but the one thing I would say is that from a, from a weight loss perspective, yeah. running or exercise is not the biggest um, issue. Well, I'm glad Whether you say that, Justin, because nobody believes me. I, mm. I've, I've quit gym. So, at the, and the reason why I quit gym, I mean, just, just from a weight point of view. So, in December, I was 145 kilograms. Then I started low carb. I'm now 135. I've, I stopped weighing in February. So, I've been, you know, I don't know what I am, but I know I'm losing weight from, from the way my clothes are. My knees couldn't mm. carry me. That's and I hated going to the gym. I was doing it, but I was just in agony. You want to, you want to exercise when it's fun. Exactly. You know, if, if exercise is a is a burden to you, um, and it's not fundamental to weight loss, then why do it? And in fact, some cases where where people start an exercise program, they actually start to gain weight because it's the reward scenario. So mm. I went for a run. You think it was a very long run, but it was just maybe a k or two. Um, and you're like, well, I've I've run today. I need to treat myself. So <laughs> you know, you start guzzling that in the calories. Me. Um, and it's like, well, I can have an ice cream today because exactly I walked around I the block. That's exactly what I used to do. I was addicted to Oreo McFlurry. So yeah. I would have an Oreo McFlurry just, just for, well, just me thinking of gym. I think, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared yeah. of a McFlurry. If I walk into the gym, I'm allowed a McFlurry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not the best idea. Well, I'm um, glad that we've busted that myth because I really, I tell everyone that's overweight that gym for now, just give it a break. Start with a low carb eating plan. And then once you're at a, a weight, a weight that's comfortable enough for your knees, then you can go back. Absolutely. You know. And, and, you know, fitness guys have known this for a long time. That really? A great body starts in the kitchen. It doesn't matter. Oh, yes, yeah, you, know, yeah. you can't outrun a bad diet. You know, all of those things, all those things that, that, that are said quite commonly. Um, and, and bodybuilders have been doing it for decades. You know, when they get in, up and stand on stage, how do you think they lose, they, they look in that shape? They cut out carbs and sugar. They've been doing it for decades and decades and I decades. No idea. Look, they go to the absolute extreme and they cut out water and all that sort of thing to stand on stage like that. But to lose, if you look at a number of bodybuilders off season, they've got a lot of body fat, you know, and to lose all of that, they know the strategy is cut out carbs and sugar and the weight falls off them. So it's not, it's not a new principle. Um, and, and, and guys have been doing it for ages. It's just the way that it's been, um, brought out into the, uh, let's call it the mass market now. Yeah. Um, it seems to be that there's a little bit of confusion about why we should do it mm-hmm. and how to do it. Um, and hopefully with the amount of information that we have on our websites and the books, um, and programs like this, we can educate people on how to do it. You know, I think we're starting to understand the why now. Um, with more and more people getting great results and, and turning around their diabetes, making it more manageable, mm. reducing the amount of, of, of medication, if not all of their medication. Mm. Um, and it's just the how yeah. where people are confused. So I think if we can put that into place, then we'll see a lot more people getting a, a lot better results. Um, and as you say, you don't have to beat yourself you know, to death in the gym um, six hours a day. If you want a six-pack, for sure. You're going to need to go to gym. You know, muscle tone will come into it, but just to lose the weight. It you know, starts with the food. You, it's, it starts and ends with the food. Yeah. You know, um, 90% of your, of your, your weight will be determined by what you eat, regardless of where you, whether you go to gym or not. Yeah. Um, so absolutely don't think, well, I don't have the time to start eating right and to go to gym and look after my kids and, 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 you know, cut that second one right out. You don't need to go to the gym. Yeah. Until um, you sort out your eating. I would say though that if you can, Get out there and do a walk. Do whatever is physically comfortable for you because there's a hang of a lot of good positive energy that comes from breathing in deeper, moving the blood around your body faster, um, releasing some endorphins. You know, there's a feel-good aspect to exercise. And I think the more that you do it, the more um, likely you are to carry on with your diet because you're feeling positive about it and it's a, it's a nice positive circle as opposed to the, the vicious negative well, and you circle. Well, and you know what, Justin? I mean, the thing that's happened with me is because I'm feeling so much more energetic, I actually walk more. So before, what I used to do when I got to shopping mall, because I'm a shopaholic of note, I used to park as close to the lift as possible because I hated the walk from my car to the lift. But now I can park anywhere. Sure. I don't, it doesn't matter where mm. I park. 
I don't mind walking. I don't even feel the pain anymore. So that's, that's the plus size. That's a plus size, plus size, plus side. <laughs> that's a plus size to all of this. So yeah, but we'll be back after the song to Karen talking about, um, yeah, the low carb eating plan and the new Atkins diet. Cliff Central is turning one and to celebrate, we're giving away half a million rand in smartphones. Half a million rand in smartphones. You could win just by listening to Cliff Central on WeChat every day during every show. Yeah, baby. If you want an upgrade or you need a new smartphone, we'll hook you up. Win with Cliff Central and WeChat for the month of April and visit cliffcentral.com for details. T's and C's apply. All that I had left to give All the reasons I confront You're my reason left to live If that ain't enough Oh no, no Tell me why it's not enough Hey, even when you let me down I'll forgive you in the end What goes wrong comes back around So I'll wait Unreal, uncensored, unradio. Cliffcentral.com. So we're back on the half hour with Dr. Cindy from Sale. You can catch me on Twitter at Dr. Cindy, D-O-C-S-I-N-D-I. And you can listen to us on at Cliff Central's uh, website, www.cliffcentral.com, or you can catch us on Twitter at cliffcentral.com. And I'm sitting in studio with um, Justin Stroud, and he's the CEO of Atkins SA, and we're chatting about the low-carb um, Atkins, the new Atkins um, diet. So, Justin, I mean, I was telling you about my kids during the break and our domestic worker and how, you know, they're still, they're still on a high-carb eating plan, but I'm actually planning on transitioning them out of that because I feel that the whole family must eat the same thing. So your kids, how have your kids adjusted to, to the low-carb eating plan? Mm. I've got an interesting one where I've got two two young children. Yeah. One is very happy to eat eggs and bacon and feta and, and she's only three um, and is not really interested too much and she doesn't eat fruit at all. Um, and she eats a little bit of vegetables, some of the vegetables, some she does, like, some she doesn't. Um, yet my other child is essentially, you know, a carboholic, if you like. <laughs> Her ideal breakfast, should she, if she could get it, which she can't, but it would be like cocoa pops. Yeah, you know? or, or rice krispies. Yes, that's yeah. the issue at our house as well. So it's, it is difficult with, with children, especially if you have a child who doesn't like, um, eggs or mm. doesn't like, you know, um, non-sugary foods. Mm. So it's a struggle. So um, what I've started doing now is, is my one child loves scrambled eggs. So I make a scrambled eggs or actually make them what I call pizza egg, which is unscrambled scrambled eggs. And they just put it onto a plate and it looks like a pizza and they think it's fantastic. Mm. Um, and so my eldest, what I do is I take a little bit of whey protein so mm-hmm. and I just mix that in um, into her scrambled eggs. And then it changes the, the flavor for her. Okay. Um, it makes it much easier for her to eat and it changes the texture too, which she quite likes. Mm-hmm. Um, lunch boxes are... Are difficult. Yes. You know? Um, and tuck shop as well. I mean, my kid has, my daughter has a tuck shop at school. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, tuck shops are a nightmare. You mm. know, the amount of opportunities kids have to buy anything non-sugary is limited. Um, and even if they were given those options, you know, you would doubt whether they would make those choices mm. on their own. Mm. So it, it does come to what you do at home. I think kids learn from their parents more than anyone else. And if yeah. they see what you're doing and how you're doing it, then hopefully they would, they would rub off on them and, and they would start making those decisions on their own as they get older. Um, when they're very little, like, like mine are, obviously you need to make all those choices around them. But with persistence, um, and not making food an issue, cause we're quite aware, my wife and I, of trying to not make it an issue, especially with my eldest who, who loves food. Okay. I mean, she would eat all day. Every day, if she could, um, and we don't want to make it. Uh, no, you can't eat that, or no, you can't eat that. So we mm. try and we try and eliminate all the options in the house that that would cause um, a fight or or a tantrum okay. because she's not allowed it. We don't. We try not to say no. So just rather not have it there for her Correct. to see. Okay, and th- and that's the other thing, you know, in terms of. Um, well, maybe the the cost of people say the cost of the diet is expensive. You know, you know. We can't afford to, to buy all this, all this meat or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, 
if you have a look at your grocery bill and you stop buying all the other things, the bread, the chips, the rice, the pasta, um, all those sort of things, you take them out of the equation and you substitute them with, with other foods like your proteins, your vegetables, mm. um, your fish, etc. It balances out. Oh, it does. It's, it's really not any more or any less expensive than what you're currently doing. And it, it can actually be less expensive. No, that's what I found. And I mean, I think for me, I've been shopping around for butcheries that sell cheaper, cheaper fatty cuts of meat. And that's been working brilliantly, mm. you know. Absolutely. Well, I've never been a big fan of liver. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. It's, no, I don't eat liver either. <laughs> yeah. Internal organs for me are, are quite tough. But liver is probably the most nutritious food that you can eat, you know, gram for gram, if you compare it to anything else. The spectrum of, of, of macronutrients, or particularly really? fat and protein, um, the spectrum of, of, of um, vitamins, um, it's just unmatchable. So now I've, I've tried to um, start incorporating them in my diet. It'll be a slow process. But, <laughs> you know, I think the, the benefits are there. Mm. Um, and, and livers are, are super cheap. So you don't eat tripe? I don't eat tripe. Okay, no. well, I eat tripe, so I think I'll start eating more tripe, rather tripe than liver. Yeah. But hey, that's, that's, that's really good to know, and I think that's, that's good for people to know. I'll be telling people about that as well, that yeah. the cheaper cuts of meat, the internal organs, are a great source of, 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 of nutrients. nutrients. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, some of the best. Mm. You know, um, traditionally, traditionally, and uh, the fattier cuts have always been the most, um, sought after. Yeah. You know, um, if you go, if you go and buy, you know, Traditional rural area, you can mm. buy fillet steak for next to nothing mm. because people aren't interested in eating mm. steak without or meat without fat on it. Mm. And that, you know, that's sort of going down the same the same path. Is that you need to make sure that you get enough fat in your diet mm. to make up your your calories. If you're going to drop carbs out, and and the one problem that we do have is that people are trying to do both. So they realize, okay, well, we need to cut carbs and and sugar out of our diet. So they do that. But they also haven't quite got to the point yet where they're prepared to increase fat in their diet. Mm. So now they end up on a low-carb, low-fat diet, and then you're in trouble because now you have no energy sources that you're putting into your body. So you need to be aware of and, and plan it out, you know. Probably. Understand the food and make sure that, you, that you're getting your fat sources um, from, from fish, um, you know, from butter um, mm. and olive oil. Those types of things. So use olive oil on your salads and make mayonnaise out of olive oil. Or butter on your vegetables and Butter so on your on. vegetables, that type of thing. So that you, that you make sure that you're upping your, your fat content to, to, to ensure that you don't get hungry. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can, and I can say as well that it takes about, it takes about a month to really work things out in your head. You know, I, I look at, I look at, I can say this because I can look back now and see, you know, how it happened with me. So I started in the middle of December and it took me about a month to really, f- to work everything out in my head. I was very nauseous. I was very dizzy. I was very vomity, but I see that it's because I was, I was not, I was following the principles, but I wasn't eating enough fat and neither was I eating enough salt. Mm, that's the thing. So, um, now that I know, I mean, I'm advising patients on, on how to do it. And I, and I think now I've, I've got the right, I've got the right balance and I know exactly what needs to be done to start off the process. And I think your products, the products that the Atkins, um, Atkins SA offers also will help people that are transitioning. You know, I think. These are great products. Like, I mean, I'm holding a cappuccino shake. It contains 1.2 grams of carb, one gram of sugar, 15 grams of protein. And there are people who need this. People, some people need to have, you know, substitutes like this or not even substitutes, food stuff like this as part of the eating plan. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, the, the thing is that you don't have to have any products to be on an Atkins diet. Mm. You don't have to buy any products. There's no charge. There's no fees. There's no pills, et cetera, et cetera. But what they do do is, Provide you an option for snacking. Exactly. So instead of a lunch really bar, you can reach out for your, for, you know, for, for your, your snack, your Atkins snack. Absolutely. And, and people struggle with that. You know, mm. we live in a, in a world that's getting faster and faster by the day and there's less and less time to prepare meals. Um, so getting your three meals prepared per day is, is that's quite a, mission, a stretch. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the, the products add a great dynamic to, first of all, as you were saying, for people transitioning. So, in an ideal world, you would transition across and you would just start eating, you know, your nuts as a snack or whatever it is. Oh, and it's every not day. that easy. Oh my goodness. But that, that isn't the reality, yeah. you know, and, and that's where we try to position the products to say, okay, well, you know, this will allow you to stay in ketosis. It will allow you to carry on with your low carb diet, but it'll still bring a sense of what you've always done. So mm. if you've always had a bar one for lunch, you know, you can still incorporate that, um, and not, you know, throw your diet completely out. 
they, they do taste amazing. So oh, that's yes, they one do. Good no, thing. I've tasted them. They're <laughs> absolutely yummy. Yeah, so it, it's not like you, and a lot of times when you, when you put sort of a bar in front of someone, they go, well, no thanks, I've, I've had a lot of diet bars and they, they taste like, no, yours are they taste like the wrapper, you know, <laughs> or the cardboard that it came in. But, um, you know, I really do think that the guys have spent a lot of time ensuring that the products are, first of all, meet the Atkins criteria of low mm. carb, low sugar, and that they taste great. So, you know, we're not saying that you need to eat them every day, and mm. they're certainly not part of the diet or the lifestyle. But they do allow you to, you know, to carry on snacking or if you're on the go or if you're rushing out the door, you know, you can grab one or if you're in the supermarket and you, you, you've missed lunch or whatever, you can grab a, a bar and, and still get the right amount of protein, the right amount of fat and be low carb, low sugar. So yeah, we're very excited about the product range. Um, and it, I think it does definitely help people. It does. I mean, when I, when I look at my life and I think of how my life used to be, everything I did revolved around when my next meal was coming, right? So I'd be at work, I'd be, I'd be sna- wanting to snack and then you can't concentrate. You can't think because now you're thinking, what am I going to have for lunch? And until you've eaten, you can't do what, do the thing that you're doing. So these snacks fill, fill, a, they fill the void that people like, like me who are, who are obese need filled up until we're at a place where we're not snacking anymore and we're, you know, and we, and we're okay. I mean, at, at now I'm snacking on bacon biltong. I discovered bacon biltong. I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's working for me, but I hate almonds and I hate, I hate macadamia nuts. They're so oily and icky, sure. but I, I, I work well with my, you know, with, with the bacon biltong. I love, I love your bar. So it's, it's, it's a, a lot of it is in the mind and it's something that needs to be worked through slowly. Yeah. And that, that's exactly where it should fit in. Yeah. You know, as a, as a every now and then kind of, a couple of times a week kind of snack mm. um, and, and and it's perfect for that mm. um, absolutely because it does become difficult to snack you know? and then tell me about about your Wilson's disease and and all of that I mean we spoke about it but off air you know tell me about that yeah so the short version um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the short version is that I that I found out you know I was a competitive rugby player and then I transitioned across to to cycling um, and you know the difference in body shape is, is enormous um, I ended up Weighing my food and, and cutting calories and all the things that you should do to, to lose that amount of weight. I went from 96 to 74 kgs, mm-hmm. um, in about nine months. And it, it really taught me a lot about food, um, about, you know, how to cut calories and, and how to still sort of, you know, make sure that you, you can ride and, and maintain your, your sport. But of course, it's a traditional high carb environment. Mm-hmm. You know, endurance sport is traditionally a high carb environment. The whole carb loading concept and so on. Mm, exactly. So a few years into, into riding, I'd, I uh, found out that I developed this, this condition called Wilson's disease. It's a liver disease, hepatic Wilson's. And it's just, essentially, it's just, I lack the enzyme that removes copper from food. Mm-hmm. But what happens then is it saturates in the liver and it starts to, to kill the liver off. Um, under treatment, I was able to absolutely normalize all of my liver profile, um, which is fantastic. My liver works absolutely normally, except for the AST. Mm-hmm. So the AST is a marker that indicates fat in the liver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the one thing that we could not get under control in seven years um, on medication. And I was still cycling. I was still eating a high-carb diet, high-sugar diet, um, as I call it now, but it was a normal diet, yeah. a normal but diet. As we know it, yeah. As we know it. Um, and we never were able to stabilize the, the AST. And in the last year or so, as I've cut carbs more and more and more, I've gone more aggressively into, into low-carb Um Last year, October, for the first time, my my um, cholesterol was absolutely normal, and my AST was absolutely normal. So we know that by by converting glucose or, or, or processing glucose in the liver, we we build up fatty fatty yeah, tissue in the have, liver, and you develop a fatty liver. Yeah, that's right. So all this time, we were able to control everything else, but the one thing we couldn't control because it was my diet that was causing this to happen, we couldn't control. So now all the profiles are absolutely normal. My liver is no longer fatty and I eat more fat than ever, ironically, you know, um, and I feel great. As I said, my energy levels are fantastic. Um, as you were mentioning earlier, you don't have those desperate hunger pangs. Um, that, I, I that don't even remember what it like feels like to be hungry. I haven't been hungry since I started this low carb eating plan. That's it. You know, and I was someone who after two or three hours, if I hadn't eaten, you get feel like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how my wife stayed with me to be honest. But um yeah, so you get grumpy, you get mood swings, you can't focus. You can't um, focus, your, exactly. Your stomach starts to hurt. And exactly. it's all because your body is 
preconditioned at that point to look externally for energy sources. Mm. And it's not how it's supposed to be, you know. Um, and by, by converting, and I still eat carbohydrates. So I eat 50 grams of carbohydrates per day. So my muscle. So what's your 50 still, grams, Justin? So what do I eat in a day? Yeah. Uh, I'll normally eat three eggs, three scrambled eggs with, um, feta. Um, sometimes some bacon or leftover meat for chicken or whatever in that in the morning. Um, I have two capsules or two grams of, of salmon oil. Um, and then for lunch, I generally eat, um, sardines, pilchards. Um, like, I've, like Lucky Star. Yeah. Out of the tin. Correct. Oh my goodie. Um, I love Lucky Star. I'm always being ragged on Twitter about how much I love Lucky Star. I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. I mean, my lunchbox is just a, a little tin in it, you know? A yeah. Tin, tin opener and then it's all, it's all game on. So, um, either that or I'll, use, I'll have, um, tuna with mayonnaise and, and salad. Um, I'll normally have some salad for, for lunch. Um, vegetables with, with dinner and, Dinner's a variety. It's either fish or chicken or beef or whatever it is, some kind of a, a protein in there. Um, we cook a lot with fat now. We use olive oil in our food um, that we never used to do. Um, and then I generally snack on because they're on me all the time. <laughs> one of the one of my bars. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Um, yeah. So, so it's not difficult. I, mean, I think that's what, that's what I want people to understand that it's not difficult at all. You know, it's, it, you're able to do this. You're able to cut carbs out of your life and live without them. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Well, not completely cut them out, but definitely cut them down. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like I've actually spoken about any carbohydrates in what I eat, but when you actually measure it out, you get to around 50, 55 grams of carbs wow. in what I've just spoken about now. Mm. So, and that's being quite conscious of what I eat, you know? Um, so when you, when you lose that aspect of being conscious of what you eat, then it, it you know, the numbers rack up really, really quickly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a general day. In, in what I eat and And water Do you drink lots of water? I do drink Yeah I do drink a lot of water Well a normal amount of water Yeah I struggle with water um, And I mean I used to drink Copious amounts of Oros So I've cut that out of my life And I've tried to replace it With sparkling water And, and infused water And that's that's kind of working Yeah the, And then you do get some A couple of water drops That you can mm. You know Flavored drops okay. Calorie free Carb free water drops That you can You know Drop into the water well, Just to okay, change it a little them, bit Yeah Um but yeah, it's, I, I don't really drink, I've never drink and drunk carbonated drinks ever. Okay. Um, so that never was a, an issue from, from my perspective. But I can appreciate that if you were drinking two liters of Coke a day, mm. um, it's, it's pretty tough no, it is, to, no. to stop that. Yeah, but no. it's absolutely important that you do. I think, yeah. I, mean, I, think I finally quit Oris a few, a few weeks ago because I realized that it was still feeding. I mean, the thing with, I, I was t- telling myself, okay, I'll only have a glass on a Saturday. But then the Saturday became a Sunday, a Sunday became a Monday, and then I was just back full swing. And I thought to myself, you know what, let me just stop buying this stuff. And now it's out of my house. Sure. And junk food as well. I mean, that was, that was hard. Um, that was definitely hard for me because I always say to people that McDonald's packages itself as a, as a, as a nutritious meal. You look at it and it looks like it's mm. a full meal. There's a drink and there's the, you know, chips and, and it actually isn't. So for, for those that are addicted to junk food, when, what advice do you have for them? What, you know, what do you say to them? It's tough. It is <laughs> it's very tough. Be tough. Yeah. You, know, you need to, I think that's the thing is, is about educating yourself. And once you've made that decision, it'll make it easier to not buy that food. Mm-hmm. So the thing about junk food is that it's a combination of the, the two ingredients that makes weight loss so fast or so rapid is that if you eat carbohydrates on their own and you increase your insulin, um, you know, to, to deal with the glucose, your body can kind of deal with that. Mm-hmm. When you eat fat, right, then your fat will store the fat or will use the fat as energy and your body can deal with that. It's when you eat them together. So as we spoke about earlier, the role of insulin is, first of all, to, to mop up the, the glucose, glucose and the second is to store the fat. So mm-hmm. when we eat a burger, we're providing the perfect storm for the body, which is, you know, eat the high carbohydrate sugar and the sauces and stuff like that that go with that to raise your insulin and then you apply a good healthy dose of fat. And what it does is it prioritizes the glucose and stores the fat. Mm. And if you do that, you know, every day or twice a day or three, or three times, times a, day, a day, like some of us were doing. Absolutely. Um, then it becomes a problem. Um, you know, no one ever got fat eating one meal and no one, you know, what, no one got skinny not eating one meal. Mm. So it's, it's the accumulative factor of, of doing things that 
result in, in, in obesity mm-hmm. and it's about changing those habits. So I don't know that there is an easy way to transition it out. Mm-hmm. It's really got to be a mindset change and say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I know how bad it is for my body. I know what it's doing to, to me internally. Um, and I'm going to make a better decision. I'm going to make a conscious effort to, you know, when you're making dinner the night before, Mm. Just cook a little bit more and have and that for put, lunch. Yeah, and put some aside to, to carry as, as, you know, as a lunch tin. Absolutely. And, and, and when I look at, I mean, now that I'm, you know, on this new eating plan, this new lifestyle, I'm starting to see the world differently. So i I look at the number of junk food outlets that are popping up everywhere, you know, and, and they fell in the country, like Burger King, McDonald's, Pizza Hut has arrived. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, what is going on? What mm. is happening? You know? I never used to think like this before. I mean, when McDonald's opened, when, when Burger King opened in Ravonia, I started queuing at two o'clock in the morning. I was the third person in there and I had pictures to show for it because I was so excited about this Burger King I'd always been hearing about. But now when I look at it, um, yeah, it's, it's a problem. It, it is a problem. And, you know, and I think that's, it's often a, a first world problem too is that eating junk food is much cheaper than eating healthy food. Vegetables are so expensive, Justin. So I had no idea. That compounds the issue. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you're on budget restraints, et cetera, et cetera, it's much easier to go out and buy something. But that's the now. You know, what about the future? Mm-hmm. What about in five years' time, in ten years' time, in fifteen years' time? Which I know a lot of people struggle with to to see past that. Um, but as I say, you've got to you've got to change the mindset about what you want from yourself and and uh and make those choices you know that it's going to be in your face um they've got very strong marketing campaigns very strong um and smiling families everyone's happy have a happy meal yeah exactly yeah um and and you know they entice kids their whole strategy is to is to get kids on board and then it brings the adults with so yeah it's we live in a world that is completely saturated with Bad opportunities, if you yeah. like, um, yeah. and it's about you know taking your family or your own choice and then making it a family choice, and and hopefully that'll spread out mm. um, and seeing the positive upside of that. Yeah, and just before we go, I mean, I, I really am enjoying chatting to you. The Easter eggs, I mean, I love what you did with your kids in the Easter egg hunt. Mm. So what we did was we didn't want to, you know, not let our kids have an Easter egg hunt and not find their little chocolate eggs around around the garden. So we bought them the chocolate eggs and we bought them, uh, you know, all the little Easter bunnies and stuff like that. But we also bought them a gift that was part of the, the, the main little nest of eggs, if you like. So they went around and they found the eggs and they put them in their basket and they were all happy and they found the, the, the gift and they were more happy. And then once they opened the gift and started playing with their toy, we were able to then just move the eggs aside and they kind of forgot about them because they were so interested in playing with their toy um, rather than focusing on, on, you know, eating 11 chocolate eggs in a row. Um, or having to be the bad guy and say, you know, enough now, stop, it's exactly. over. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of, a little bit of fore planning, I suppose. And um, it works. And it worked. It worked really, really well. And they, they're less interested. They've kind of forgotten that it even existed. Yeah. You know, I mean, out of sight, out of mind. I know with me, I've changed my reach, um, home because I used to drive past the McDonald's all the time. So now I just go another way because it's not like I don't smell it. You know, if I smell <laughs> it, I might want to go back. So I've changed my route and it's working really well. But Justin, it's just so great having you on the show. If people want to, Ask you more questions, find out more about the Atkins um, eating plan. How can they get hold of you? Um, our website is is the most valuable information. We've got a lot of information about um, about the diet, about yeah. the lifestyle. We've also added a new um, a new um, insert there, which is Atkins for athletes. Okay, um, great. Where you can find out a little bit more about you know how changing from a high-carb car- high approach to a low-carb approach can benefit you as a as an athlete. Okay. Um, and then also Atkins for Diabetes, and that's www.atkinsa, it's a double S-A, dot C-O dot Z-A, um, or atkins.com. Um, you can email us on info at atkinsa, dot C-O dot Z-A, or you can email me directly at justin at atkinsa, dot C-O dot Z-A, and we'll be happy to to answer any questions. Thank you so much for being here. And yes, on with low carb. We're going to change the world. There we go. Cliffcentral.com.